0: Well, good morning. I'm about to make some of you who are OCD have problems. We've been doing the Ten Commandments. And we were supposed to be on the Tenth Commandment last week. And we didn't. And we're supposed to be on the Tenth Commandment this week. And we're not. And the bottom line is, we're not going to get to the 10th commandment because next month, God's got a whole bunch of other things lined up for us. So if you're the one that has to have that last commandment somewhere, talk to me about it, okay? Because it ain't going to happen. As I was just praying this week and everything, I, you know, God had, had worked in my heart. and. Friday, when I got the call about Jamie, God just said, you know, I'm glad you studied all that. I'm glad you got it together. That'll help you out, but it's not what I want. So, I hope you'll pray for me this morning. I'm kind of OCD a little bit, and I'm not good at changing things right in midstream. Okay? When I got both oars and water going one way, it bothers me when God says, now we're going to go another direction. So, I realize that what I do as pastor is more than what you see on Sunday morning. You may not realize that. You know, some people say, oh, you only work one hour a week, you know, Sunday morning. Yeah, you know? And maybe that's all you see, Christine and Matt and I, is just that one, one Sunday morning. But God is also calling us all, calling me as a pastor, to help us understand the Christian life and what it's all about. To Understand the places that we walk. And the Bible is about a God-human relationship. God gave us his word to teach us about, about that relationship. And we all live in a fallen and broken world, don't we? And now we believe the Bible's God's word. And he gives us his message to teach us how to live, how to walk it out. And what happens is when we start walking it out, we discover sometimes what we walk out and how we live doesn't gel with what happens. You ever been there? Yeah. You've prayed the prayers, you've claimed the promises, you've done everything right, and it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to work out. And we look at our world and see things like ISIS and all that's going on the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. And we see things like the wars that are happening in so many places around the world. And we look at all the violence that's going on even in our own country. All the things like the drug usage and pornography and just even our own struggles with our own lives. And sometimes we stop and say what in the world is God doing? I can't tell how many times I get asked the question why. Now, Why is it when I did everything I was supposed to do, things didn't work out the way I thought they were supposed to? Why is it that God didn't answer my prayer my way when I thought my heart was in the right spot? Why is it when I trained up my children the way they should go, they departed from it and they haven't come back yet? Why is it when I tithe my income and God promises to bless me, my finances are in a mess? Why is it? That God doesn't seem to speak to me much. Why? We have those questions. You have those questions, and sometimes I have those questions. But I've come to realize that our calling as pastors is to help us grasp the truth of Scriptures, to grasp how in our lives we're to trust God with them, and to realize most of our questions will never get answered. Okay? In all honesty, there are no simple, easy answers. To a lot of our questions. There's no way to microwave them and get the answer we want. You know, we live in that microwave culture where all we want to do is get the, you know, like the one-minute baked potato, you know, or whatever it is. I mean, we've got instant coffee, instant potatoes, instant everything anymore so we can't wait. But unfortunately, I guess fortunately, God isn't that way. And the questions we face is, really, how do we handle life How do we handle what we're dealing with? How do we handle when God says no? So as your pastor, I'm just going to ask you to walk with me this morning. Walk with me through just a few verses of Scripture that won't give the simple answer. I may not give an answer at all. But give us maybe what I hope God wants us to have. The Scriptures come from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30 and then 36 through 44 it says Jesus told them another parable The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field But while he was sleeping his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away When the wheat sprouted and formed heads then the weeds also appeared The owner's servants came to him and said Sir didn't you sow good seed in your field Where did the weeds come from An enemy did this he replied the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you, pull, while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I'll tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them into bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Verse 36. Then he, that's Jesus, left the crowd, went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man, the field is the world... The good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom, and the weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so will it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin on all who do evil. They will throw, the, will throw them into the fiery furnace, where they'll be weeping, and they of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When Jesus started preaching about the kingdom of heaven, the people of Israel thought, the kingdom of heaven is here, okay? So, why is there still evil? That was the question then. If the kingdom of heaven is here, he was telling it, it's now, it's here, it's now, it's among us, then why is there still evil in this world? I mean, if God's kingdom is here, there should be no more pain, heartaches, problems, brokenness, or wounding, right? And they had a misbelief. A misbelief, perhaps, that we struggle with too, right? Right? We think we know how God should work things out. We think we know how God should put everything together. We think we know how God does things. And the truth of the matter is, we don't. Because, you know, if I was God, I surely wouldn't let these things continue. If I was God and loved like like He say he does, I surely wouldn't let this thing work out the way it does. And that's how they thought. Jesus tells a story and part of it is God knows there's evil in the world and God knows it affects his children. He knows it. It's not a surprise to him. The parable says that there's good seed and there's bad seed. And, and this, 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 this guy goes out and, and he works in his garden. He tills it all up. He gets it all nice. And he would go out and they would scatter wheat seeds in that field. Okay, So he's done everything he could to do it the right way. It's all there. But then, at night, while they're sleeping, it says the enemy came and sowed weeds. And this, this would actually happen at times. If you were mad at somebody when you get back at them, after they'd sowed their seed, it was all tilled up you go out and you sow. It's called Darnell. It's a, a terrible weed. It would actually make you sick if you ate it. And, they, and, and so this would happen, and, and, and it's all scattered in there. So we try to do what's right, we try to do all the right things, and yet sometimes our labors don't turn out like they're supposed to, right? During the night, the enemy scattered bad seed, and when they sprouted, they they looked just like the wheat. In their early age, early stage, the the darnel, the weeds, and the wheat looked exactly alike. You couldn't tell them apart. Okay, so as they're growing, they're just growing together, right? And so Jesus is saying, "I know there's good and evil together. I know my Father knows that, and they're growing together. I know that, and and sometimes you can't tell what's good and what's bad." You can't. You just look at it with your own eyes and your own, and your own way and your own beliefs, but you can't tell what's really good and what's really bad. Because the enemy is also at work. And he's sowing things amongst the good things that God wants. And he's deceptive, right? He can sow false thoughts and false feelings and false beliefs in every place that God's trying to work and bring his truth out. And he works to make the hearts of people to receive it. He wants us to receive at least a little bit of this evil thoughts or evil feelings in our lives so that we'll kind of be messed up a little bit in what we think about God and Jesus. So the righteous and the good, Jesus says, are often mingled together. The good and the bad are here together. And the devil's trying to do anything he can to discredit God's word. Well, when they started to become mature... When the darnel begins to turn, it turns gray or black. Wheat, we know, turns gold, right? And all of a sudden, you can tell the difference. All of a sudden, it stood out. There were weeds in the midst of the wheat when they began to produce the fruit. Okay? And so we find the servants coming and say, Master, what should we do? Let's go out and rip out all of the darnel. We can tell it now because it's, we can tell it's black and this is gold. But what happens when the weeds and the wheat grow they send out roots right and the roots go like this and they're all enmeshed together they're all entangled together if you go out and start ripping out the 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 weeds you're going to rip out some wheat you just cannot do that without destroying the good with the bad catch that you can't root out the evil without destroying the good with the bad you hear me You cannot destroy the good without destroying some bad when you do. One of the points of this story. Because they've grown together. And sometimes we want to zealously go out and rip out all the evil. Of course, what I think is evil and what somebody else thinks evil might be different. And sometimes in our zeal, we go out and we start doing that, we don't realize that maybe God is at work, and God's understanding some things, and we don't always see things the way He sees them, and we want things corrected like we want to correct it, and God's saying, "Ha, huh, ha, uh, don't do it." Let them grow together." Hmm, Because God sometimes brings good out of bad. There's a story. There's a man who had a dream. In his dream he saw a tent. In the tent is the name of a young man named Joseph. And there's all these guys around him. Joseph is tied with a rope, and he's working hard at the rope trying to get loose. And it looks like he's going to escape, and suddenly dogs start barking. And in his dream, the dreamer decides he's going to go and strangle a dog because the dog's barking is starting to wake up those that have held him captive. As he starts moving towards, the, towards the, the dog, an angel shows up in his dream. He says, let me show you something. Let me show you what would happen if you let the boy go free. And there, the angel starts moving in through history. And the boy runs, and he runs into the arms of a father who's holding a, a coat that's all been dipped in goat's blood. He thinks it's his son. And his son has died. And They throw each into each other's arms, and they hug each other and happy. And at first, the dreamer feels good about it. But the story keeps moving. Soon there's a famine in the land. And the boy and his dad begin to starve and there's no food for their, for their families. And so the brothers are sent to Egypt. But when they get to Egypt, there, there's guards bar- blocking the entrance because nobody knew the famine was coming. Nobody knew to save up from their seven years of good. And the brothers turn and head back home and one by one they die on the way. Their wives die, their children die, the dad dies, the the brother dies. And there is no Israel. There is no Messiah. There is no forgiveness of sins. There is no resurrection. There is no life. And the dreamer is sorry he choked the dog. The angel said, No, you didn't. I'm going to show you what would have happened if you did. And so the dog awakens the keepers. The boy is caught before he escapes. And the rest is history. Do you understand? The good and the bad grow together. And to pull the bad out would be to weed out some good. And in our our finite human minds, we can't understand that. And our limited knowledge, we can't put it together. So our faith is not in us. Our faith is in the good God, who knows that the good and evil are growing together. Who knows what he's doing. No, answered the master, because while pulling the weeds you may root out the wheat, let them both grow until the harvest time. Then we'll collect the weeds into bundles to be burned. And the wheat will gather into my barn. The master judges things differently than his servants. He just does. God sees things differently than we do. God knows what he's intending to do. God understands what's happening. God is at work in the midst of all these questions. God is at work among his people. I believe a God who's imminent with us, who's there every day, who says, I am with you always. I walk with you. I understand you. I care about you. I love you. Never, never forget that. I don't ask you, my children, to understand what I allow. I ask you, my children, to love me through it. I don't ask you, my children, to agree with what I allow. Asking my children to trust me through it. Because my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so much greater are my ways than your ways, declares the Lord. That's from Isaiah 55. Just remember that. We ask ourselves, what is our faith in? Myself? My view of what I want to have happen? People? Or is it in Jesus? The God of all things. The God who knows what he's doing. See, Jesus teaches here that there is an enemy at work to do anything he can to deceive you and me. Jesus teaches us that evil one day will be be removed from the earth. One day it's going to happen. One day Jesus is going to come back and he's going to send forth his angels. He's going to collect everything that's evil out and he's going to burn it in fire and the righteous will shine forth in the glory of his kingdom. That's what we hang on to. Bill and Helen Fertish had a baby boy named Stephen. After he was born... Helen discovered she couldn't have any more children and so they were just thankful to God for the baby that they brought into their life. Stephen grew up, graduated from high school and became a Marine and was blessed, he thought, to go to Vietnam. He was there five days when a sniper's bullet found him and killed him. Bill and Helen were totally lost. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to go, what how to live. Finally, they moved from their home and decided to move to California. They thought maybe a change in place and a change in job would help them. They moved to Oceanside, California. And on their first Sunday, they decided to go to church, as was their habit. And they drove down the road three miles and past Camp Pendleton Marine Base. They thought, God, what are you doing? God, why in the world did you bring us here where everybody we see is a memory of our son Stephen? You ever been there? After church as they was driving home, they passed a Marine hitchhiking. On an impulse, Bill didn't know why he just pulled over. Invited the Marine to get in his car. And the Marine began talking about how much he missed home and he was trying to hitchhike home and Bill and Helen didn't share about their hurt. They just listened. And finally, he drove the Marine to a bus station. He said, you know, you can waste an awful lot of time getting home. I'm sure your parents are worried. And paid his bus ticket home. Something happened. Something unspoken between them. They decided that it wasn't an accident. God brought them to where they were. And they began a ministry to the Marine Corps of the United States of America. Bill printed business cards for his home, home away from home. Ladies of the church that they started, that they started going to begin to, to, to bake cookies for their, their home away from home ministry. Thousands of Marines would pass through their home and learn of love and compassion and grace and even of Jesus. One day, as Bill and Helen were picking up their mail, they received a letter from a young man. It said this. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Furnish, you probably don't remember me, but I was hitchhiking a few weeks ago, and you picked me up. I just had to write and tell you something. When you picked me up, I'd run away from the base. I was AWOL. I was angry. I was confused. I felt like no one in the world cared whether I lived or died. But you were so caring to me. You were so kind, Mr. Furnish, and when you prayed with me and slipped me that $20 bill, I tried to be cool. But Mrs. Furnish, when you hugged me and told me you hoped to see me again, my heart broke. I didn't know of another person on earth who wanted to see me. When my bus pulled away, I cried. I felt that no one in the world cared if I lived or died. I was confused and angry. And I decided the first car that picked me up, I would kill the people and steal their car. I had a sharpened bayonet with me, and as soon as I got in the back seat, I took it out of my bag and laid it on my knees. But as we drove along, you talked so kindly to me. I guess you showed me love. Your spirit was so sweet that I just could not do as I'd planned to do. If you look under the back seat of your car, there you will find the knife. I put it there when you weren't looking. There it was. Bill and Helen found it. The knife hangs on the wall in their den next to a picture of their son Stephen, along with pictures of over a thousand Marines that they've helped. Here's what Bill says. Tragedy can make you bitter or better, depending on whether you hold it inside or give it to God. God is in the business of turning tragedies of life into triumphs. We're just glad we can be a part of His work here on earth. As you hear this morning, there are no easy answers. I don't have easy answers because they're not there. It would be untruthful. Why do things not work out the way we thought they should? Why did God not answer my prayer my way? Why does a good God allow evil, pain, and suffering in this world? I can tell you this. God knows there's evil in his world and he knows it affects you. He knows your heart gets, gets broken. And we can't always tell what's good and what's not good. But the enemy's at work too. He's sowing anything he can to turn your heart and your life away from Jesus. And if he can use pain and brokenness and heartache and loss and grief, he will do it. I am determined never to allow Satan to have that victory in my life. I made a choice. I will serve the Lord my God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I may weep because I'm broken, I may limp because I'm wounded. I may sob because I don't understand why God allows certain things. But always and forever, He is my God. And I will serve Him till the day I die. Near the end of World War II, the members of the Allied forces liberated a house. It had been reduced pretty much to, to rubble. And on the crumbling wall in the basement, they found a victim of the Holocaust, Star of David, and scratched into the concrete was these words I believe in the sun, even when it doesn't shine. I believe in love, even when it's not shown. And I believe in God even when He does not speak. Good words to live by, huh? I believe. I don't have the answer, but I believe. Because my God is greater than the questions, my God is greater than the broken heart. And the loss of a life, and the wounds of our bodies. My God is greater than anything this earth can give me. So I believe in God even when He's silent. I believe in God even when He says no. I believe in God even when He allows the pain. I believe in God when He doesn't heal. Because God is greater than all those things. That I do believe. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. And I pray for all of us here this morning who have our moments, Lord, of wanting to believe and yet struggle with that. To be determined in our hearts to never allow the devil a victory. that even when it doesn't make sense, we will believe in you, Jesus. Because you showed us the power of love when you came to this world, shed your blood, died on the cross, and rose again from the dead. You showed us the power of love to take that which is dead and bring it to life again. So our faith is in you, Lord. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for your grace you've shown us. Thank you, Jesus, for walking with us. Go with us now, Lord. What's in your name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.